This is JL Beto, and you are listening to the Zeroed In podcast. Sit back, relax, and zero in. Well, Meg, welcome to the Zeroed In podcast. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good, good. I'm so happy to have you here finally. Um, I've been wanting to have you for a while. I mean, you Aww. have such an incredible um, I mean, story to tell like with all of the things that you've done this Thank year. You. Um, and I mean, we're just a couple of days away from the end of the semester. How do you feel about finally being a sophomore um i have a lot of mixed feelings about it for sure i feel like this year ebbed and flowed in in a way where it either always felt like time was moving too slow or time was moving too fast um time was never moving appropriately and so now i i do feel like sophomore year has snuck up on me um i don't even like saying that and i like i like the novelty of freshman year i don't know yeah i agree i mean it crept up on us so fast. I mean, I can't believe that. I'm like, I mean, I just remember graduation, like literally walking mm-hmm. across that stage, and we're already finishing our first year of college. Like, it's insane. That's really weird. It's so insane. Well, I want to talk to you about your dancing career. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just take me through your journey um, with dancing. When did you start? How did you start? Um, and yeah, just explain that. Cool. Um, so, I was put in dance when I was two years old. Wow. Um, and I, I don't you know have a lot of memory from that time so um I think my parents just mostly my mom put me in it I think she just like thought it'd be nice for me to have something to do I started with ballet and then when I was four I started ballet and tap then I think when I was five I did ballet tap and jazz I kept that up until I was probably seven and then I quit all three of those and did hip-hop for a year wow. and then I took two years off to do taekwondo <laughs> <laughs> and then I came back when I was 10 and I did ballet tap jazz uh lyrical and I think that was it and I did that until I was 12 and I added in musical theater to that mix and then mm. the next year I added in contemporary and modern I added hip-hop back in um and I did that until I was 14 and I dropped everything except for ballet, tap and musical theater. And then eventually I quit ballet and I still do tap um, yeah. as a almost 19 year old. Um, but, you know, I stopped musical theater last summer when I uh, graduated. But I still try to you know do it a little bit like just for fun. I go to all different genres when we do open classes. Mm. Um, just because I like like going back to that like kind of returning to my roots I guess yeah I agree I mean I've been to one of your open classes and it's it's such a fun experience I mean I I really like I admire um like anyone who does tap I mean that's really like it takes a lot of skill Mm -hmm. um a lot of practice a lot of time commitment um and you you know you've clearly done that um and you've excelled um I mean I've seen like you know we we saw your performance um with EUDT yes that was just so astonishing to see thank you it was just incredible I, I you know i'd never um like previous to that i never went to like any show that being my first show like oh, i mean wow. I, I can honestly brag about that because <laughs> it was such an incredible experience i appreciate um, it so do you prefer um like group performances or like solos like what what is your preference definitely group performances um i like the just like dynamic of you know, being on stage together and having those moments where like you like look over at your friends while you're dancing mm-hmm. it's very cool um and i think like just the rehearsals are like the most fun part yeah and that's why i've st- stuck with it i think for so long because like you build such a community in that time 
exactly i mean and i love like when i hear the cheering from the audience like that really like that hype really yeah. gets you excited i mean h- how does it feel to like have people like hey like <laughs> you know like kill you're killing that or whatever like mm-hmm. how, how does it feel to have people like in the audience supporting you oh it's great it's exhilarating yeah. um and i think that's like you know i did theater in high school i went to a theater high school and i kind of quit that cold turkey when i came to college and so i always say that like that aspect of dance like flexes my theater muscle because it like fulfills for me like what theater fulfilled Mm -hmm. um and i just like i really feed off the energy of the audience and it's like it's a back and forth you know like when the audience is dead then you like you know you don't have a lot of motivation to like give it your all but Mm -hmm. like when that audience like keeps hyping you up and stuff like that and you're like receiving energy from them then it just like pushes you like especially when it's like the end of the night and you're tired and you're like i've had five dances i've done two shows and i'm exhausted just like hearing that you know like that positive like feedback and um being hyped up it like pushes you to keep going you're like it's like an adrenaline kick i imagine i mean that's that's so exciting um and i mean me as an audience member it's like super super like such an exciting moment um and i'm like I'm jealous, honestly. Like, I want to have those skills, but uh, I just love it so much. With work. Yeah, yeah definitely work. does not come easily. But mm-hmm. um, So I wanted to talk about your own podcast. Oh, yeah. Meg <laughs> on the Mic. Such a cool podcast. I mean, Thank you. Um, you, you have one episode out right now, um, mm-hmm. which is called Corruption and Competition Dance. Yes. And you did that with Danny Cohen. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about, like, I guess this is going to be like a little like um, on the darker side, but can you talk about like toxicity that you've seen um, in dance? Sure. Um, it comes in a lot of different forms. I'll say I think like the most common is probably the favoritism mm. and just like the social hierarchy that is built upon what what students are the teacher's favorites and like the ones that get consistently put in the front row or um, put in the back row and uh who get the so who who gets the solos and who doesn't get the solos and so um in within like the community we we talk a lot about a team versus b team and sometimes those are literal teams that they like delegate you like the more skilled kids and then the less skilled Mm -hmm. kids that are in the same age group but sometimes it's more of like an invisible thing where like you're all on the same team but the kids that always get put in the back row that's going to be b team Mm -hmm. the kids that always get put in the front row it's going to be a team so that's just kind of like honestly the tip of the iceberg when it comes to toxicity in this environment um unfortunately like the competitive dance environment does breed a lot of like just insecurity like when you know when you're talking about that kind of like social hierarchy you it's the same thing as the audience like that positive affirmation and if you never get any positive affirmation then you're never going to think of yourself as a good dancer and your self-confidence is always going to be based on your placement and what solos you get if any and what classes you get into and what dances you get into and that kind of stuff um so again just the tip of the iceberg but i think that's the most common issue so um danny talked a little bit about like subjectivity and dance she Mm -hmm. said it's a boiling pot for drama and issues um what is your opinion on that um and also um you also mentioned that a big problem that isn't talked about um is when teacher or dance teachers um like basically kind of pit their um dancers like against each other like sort Mm -hmm. of like a you know competition within the team for sure um what is your opinion on that so um as for the subjectivity i think like dance is a performance art it's not just a sport you know it's a sport in the sense that it's athletic but 
you go to a competition and you're judged not on any like tangible objective factors it's not like a sport where you score the goal and you get the point you Mm -hmm. get a point if the judge likes the choreography or likes how you do the choreography or thinks that your facial expressions are good and that's gonna vary person to person so um not every dance is going to be perceived the same way by the people judging and with that not every dancer is going to be perceived the same way so um you know with and this like kind of gets into dancers being pitted against one another like there's like sort of this like almost political environment that is built where like if one teacher thinks that a dancer is good and that teacher has the most sway and power mm-hmm. and then the other teacher teachers will just follow that even if they think oh this other dancer is just as good and they deserve to be in the front row as much mm-hmm. it's not going to be seen like right. nothing is going to come from that because um it it all depends on like who has the most power and that goes also with parents too like who's who's paying the most who's paying for private lessons and stuff and then you get into like wealth inequality and like you know dance should be accessible to everyone and not just the people who have extra money to pay for solos and private lessons and expensive gifts for the teachers and stuff like that and so um i think those are like the biggest like roadblocks when it comes to dance being accessible and equitable for everyone Mm -hmm. in an emotional sense and also in a financial sense but um yeah when it comes to kids being pitted against one another it's you know you're you're not you're not just competing at a competition you're competing for who gets the front and center spot in this dance or who gets the solo in this dance or who gets um you know moved up a level or whatever so you're actually competing against your friends that you're dancing with and you're competing against them when you're supposed to be competing together against other studios Mm. so you mentioned you basically made a comparison between um adults teaching dance basically as a career and also for their reputation versus students just doing it for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, can you elaborate on that? Like that, um, I guess, that comparison. Um, and yeah, just just talk about like why um, that might be a problem. Sure, yeah. Um, well, for for adults who, you know, they go to these competitions and whether their team wins or loses, the team that they choreographed for, it's not a matter of, we win tonight and then we're happy or we're, we lose tonight and then we're sad. It's, this is my career. This is my livelihood. This is what pays my bills and my rent or mortgage or what have you. And so I have to perform well as an adult in this industry, as a choreographer and as a leader and a mentor, or else, you know, I won't be able to pay my mortgage and that kind of stuff. So the stakes are actually so much higher for the adults that are in the game, which means that this added pressure is put on students that really shouldn't be there because we're doing this because we enjoy it we have fun and we love dancing not because our livelihood is at stake and so then when you put that added pressure it no longer is fun and it's about like there will be consequences if we lose tonight yeah yeah that 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 added pressure really kind of makes the you know supposedly enjoyable experience an experience that's um stressful Mm -hmm. in some instances and i really honestly i i kind of feel like like it kind of saddens me a little bit for especially those like you know the the little kids like the children who are just you know doing this because you know it's something that they um find fun and um and then when that added pressure is like or when there's pressure added like as they get older it just becomes sort of like this um sort of like this this monster i don't know how to describe it correctly but it's it becomes like this um thing where like they'll feel like um 
like they they they're a failure for example exactly. like if, if they don't win like that one competition you know right it's like um, your self-worth is reliant on how well not just how well you perform but how like if your teachers think you performed well yeah. which again it's incredibly subjective so even if you did perform well and even if everyone else thinks that it it all is dependent on like whether or not the teacher thinks that and then it becomes like this kind of um like you're you're doing it for that like affection and attention and affirmation when you should be doing it for yourself not for other people mm, i agree um so on a lighter note <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about um your sister because you mentioned that she's yeah. a dancer yeah um is she older or she's younger oh younger she's okay she's 14 so like did you find that like you were sort of like um like a role model for your sister like growing up um like in terms of dance or just in general um i'd like to think so that's my that's my biggest hope you know um i you know this is kind of like a specific thing um but something that comes with dance is it breeds a lot of like body image issues Mm. and sometimes you're even put on like these strict diets or you're weighed in front of everyone or your body is judged by your peers and adults and just like a very toxic environment is created where like you have to meet the certain standard for what a young girl is supposed to look like and if you don't then that's disappointing and that can cause a lot of problems um and so with regards to my sister and i um at this point in time the relationship i have with my body and food is the best i've ever had in my life being away from that environment and being able to rebuild like what what it means to feel comfortable in my body and what it means to be well fed and why i need to eat and why my appearance is the least interesting thing about me um all i could ever hope for is for her to have the relationship with herself and food that i have you know like Mm. i i love food i (laughs) eat all day you know sometimes four to five meals a day Mm -hmm. and i don't i no longer care about calories or what's in this and what's in that or what i'm eating or how much i'm eating or how often i'm eating i just eat what i want whenever i want and i don't even think twice about it and um you know all i can hope for is that she experiences the same thing because it's Mm -hmm. really truly liberating after so many years of feeling like i need to watch my figure and watch what i eat and that kind of stuff so that's kind of like a specific um topic but i really like to be a role model in that sense i'd like to set a positive example for her and you know i used to be in a much darker place with that kind of stuff and i would say my biggest fear was her turning out like me but now my biggest hope is her turning out like me oh i love that that's so inspiring honestly thank you um i mean i've honestly struggled with like you know confidence issues and self-esteem myself um so i completely understand that um obviously it's different for like dancers um but yeah i completely feel um you know for everyone who might be experiencing that right now um you know it's something that takes time um and it's okay if you're experiencing that right now i mean it's something that um you know you'll you'll develop that confidence over time and yeah um you know just surround yourself with people that will lift you up Mm -hmm. um and not you know judge you for like you know minuscule things i don't know is that a word oh yeah 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 Yeah, so yeah honestly that that's such a great point um i love that um and i i I, I, honestly i really see you as a role model thank you um so yeah that's so inspiring so i want to talk about your knee 
yeah. because <laughs> when we were in DC, um, you know, you had um, like some pain, mm-hmm. and yeah, and I and I just want to talk about if you know I want to ask if that's like affected your performance in any way. I haven't seen any effect, you know, <laughs> any you. effect in your performance, but yeah. you know, just um, has that affected your performance at all? So um, over spring break, I after after I took a bit of a fall a couple weeks prior to over spring break, I was diagnosed with patellofemoral pain syndrome, which is also referred to as runner's knee, also referred to as just chronic knee pain. So it's like there was a distinct injury but not like a very um not one with like a name it just kind of like triggered this issue so um i actually took a little bit of time off of dance to recover it was after dc so up until dc i was dancing and i was like i'm just gonna push through it because that is that's what i had been taught about like being injured and being a dancer is that you push through it and i actually wrote an article about this this week um you're taught that you know sitting out taking breaks that's weak and Mm. even if it hurts push through it pain is good pain means you're doing something good um but i actually took some time off after dc much to my dismay but that was uh doctor's orders parents orders and also some other friends who just encouraged me because like ultimately you can prolong the injury if you try to dance through it um So I took, I think, two weeks off of dancing. And then when I went back, I was dancing in sneakers instead of tap shoes for, like, more arch support. And then by the time the the show rolled around, I actually didn't have any more knee pain, um, chronically at least. And so, you know, every every once in a while since then, it, like, will kind of act up a little bit. But by the time of the show, I wasn't, like, in excruciating pain every time I walked, which was occurring before. And I really do think that was because I decided to take a break, mm-hmm. even though I protested a lot about it and I felt incredibly like disappointed in myself. And I was like, why can't I just push through it? Why am I weak? Like, why am I, why am I not like other people who can dance through it? And it's not about whether you can or can't. It's about whether you should or shouldn't. And ultimately, the best thing was for me to take a break. And even if I felt like I had like fallen behind or whatever in terms of choreography and stamina and skill, it my health and my body being in a good condition is more important than that and so i think that was an important lesson i learned this semester that i have struggled with for a couple of years oh i 100 percent agree i think um you know you you set the bar high for yourself and you have high expectations mm-hmm. which is so amazing and you know i'm so glad that you have that but Thank you. i really think um you know i mean i'm proud of you personally because that takes a lot of guts to like you know just kind of take a step back and be like, okay, let me just focus on my health mm-hmm. and just kind of stop what I'm doing. Like, because obviously you want to continue dancing, you want to continue practicing, but as you said, um, you know, health comes first. Yeah. Um, and you know, if if you're not feeling well, if you have um, some sort of pain, it's really not going to be worth it at the end. Um, if it does become worse, you know, mm-hmm. um, after all that, you know, after practicing through that pain and everything. Um, so I'm so glad that you did that. Um, Thank and you. now you're feeling better, so that's amazing. Um, and now it'll benefit you more Mm -hmm. in in the future so that's great i think it's a lesson that's applicable to all student athletes but also just people in general general, like um you know we are kind of taught to like load up our schedules and be workaholics and all that stuff by our culture and also just by like the institutions that we're at and so even though it's hard and even though you may feel like you're doing something wrong like taking stuff off of your plate and saying i can't do this right now for my mental health and just taking a week off will make it so much more sustainable to continue those activities yes. um in the long run and you know you can't 
if you're constantly um, giving water from your well, then you'll run dry eventually. You won't have any water <laughs> yeah. for yourself. So, yeah. you know, I think it's a, it's a lesson everyone can learn from. I agree. I mean, I sometimes I overwork myself and then I find myself to be drained mm-hmm. and unmotivated. So, um, and then I'm like, JL, take a break. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's really going to fuel my energy if i t- if i do take that break and i'll end up performing better mm-hmm. um so i think that's so important um so i want to talk about how you handle nerves when you're performing because yeah. i mean i'm a person that like as soon as i see a huge audience i get a little bit of stage fright mm-hmm. but you know i still um i still try to like do my best regardless of that do you get stage fright do you get nerves like when you're about to perform i think definitely um yeah i don't know um for me it's like i always tell myself like mind over matter like mm. if you're backstage and again this like this applies to multiple things if you're like going through the lyrics or your lines or the moves like right before you go on you are gonna psych yourself out yeah. so do it like 10 minutes ahead of time and have 10 minutes to just like sit with yourself and not talk to anyone and not think about anything and just like sit and then you'll go out there and you'll realize it's all coded in you it's all muscle memory so it's just about trusting your natural instinct and knowing that like you've been practicing for months you're not going to go out there and forget anything for me is my biggest thing like i don't (laughs) want to go out and forget Forget, but i like it's a it's kind of a redundant fear because Mm -hmm. you you know how long you've been practicing and how hard you've been working and so it's not it's not a fear that's based in reality so i I'm, I heard that you mentioned that you wrote an article mm-hmm. um, recently, like about dance. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about how you basically incorporate journalism into dance because yeah. I feel like there's so many ways to do that. Um, but basically, how do you how do you storytell through through tap? Basically, like mm. it's sort of like a weird question, but like no, I understand. Yeah, like how how do you do that? Um. Well first and foremost it's all about like the song that you pick and like the mood that you're trying to create and um rhythm is a very interesting thing to play with Mm -hmm. when you're trying to convey a certain mood i think um and you know the musicians out there will understand i think but um you know 16th notes and eighth notes and triplets they all like i think create a different vibe when Mm -hmm. you're when you're playing with that and so you can switch it up you can stick with a certain thing so um I've done a couple different combos this year, like classes I've taught. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the first class I did was a Taylor Swift song. It was False God. And it's like very saxophone, very Mm -hmm. like it's kind of sultry, very silky. And so there were a lot of like very slow syncopated Mm -hmm. um, sounds in there. And that was to just like kind of like compliment the song, compliment the the music and the rhythm and the tone of the song that was already being conveyed um and then the latest combo i did was to million reasons by lady gaga which is mm. a much like sadder song yeah. it's a lot more like melancholy and stuff like that but it also builds and it's very intense yeah. and so that was interesting playing with the the rhythm and tone of like what movements i was using to convey like what parts were um a bit more vulnerable and like you want to sit in it and then what parts were like getting intense and like you want to you want to um just like pull on some some strong emotions there if that makes sense yeah oh that makes sense yeah i mean i and when you do um like do these performances like i can like i see your facial expression change throughout the performance and i'm like okay now this is like a a more serious moment a sad moment a frightened moment Mm -hmm. 
that's the storytelling oh for sure you know so it's it's so interesting how that works mm-hmm. um so i want to talk about any um like tap influences that you have any people any any um you know uh dance tappers dance yeah. tappers <laughs> tap dancers Ta- oh my gosh <laughs> da- uh, tap dancers y'all i'm sorry <laughs> any tap dancers that you look up to um let's see my at my home studio my tap teacher there um was always like just the most positive influence Mm -hmm. um that i had in dance and she was the one that like made everyone feel comfortable and i think also like i came here and i realized that like you know uh class might have been intense sometimes especially for like just a recreational thing that i was doing after i quit the competitive aspect of it but it built my like stamina and skill as a dancer a lot more than i think um you know it would have otherwise if Mm -hmm. if it hadn't been so intense at moments so she was definitely a big um influence for me and a big reason why i kept dancing after i quit the competition team um yeah i don't know i don't think any others are coming to mind but all the people i tap with now i would say are definitely big influences as well i love that yeah do you do you see yourself like um like tap dancing 10 years from now i hope so i really hope so because it's like it's just a really fun thing that i've kept up with Mm -hmm. um and it's it's i think like i'm 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 proud of myself every time I say like this is how long I've been dancing this yeah. is when I started dancing because it's hard to keep up with anything for that long oh, yeah. and I haven't kept up with anything else that long you know <laughs> yeah. I, I only did theater a couple years and then I quit that I've only done journalism you know since I came to college um and I have done so many different like activities hobbies and sports throughout mm-hmm. my life and, and not kept up with it for very long so just being able to say like yeah I've done it since I was two years old um <laughs> it's uh it's a little bit of a little bit of pride swells in me yeah yeah that's so impressive um and i'm so proud of you for continuing Thank that continuing continuing through your journey um and yeah you've done so much and i can't wait to see how much more you do like you know in, in your college career um and just in general professionally maybe well, i appreciate you know? that um so lastly i want to ask you is there any advice you would give to those dancers who might be hesitant um, to joining a team, to joining um, any competitive team or anything like that? I would say, that's a good question. Just remember, it's about having fun. It's mm-hmm. not about being good. And okay. as long as you're performing facially and like, you know, conveying a mood and just going out there and like, having a good time that'll reflect you know if you're having fun and you're letting that show on your face and in your body language that'll reflect and the audience will enjoy it even if you're not hitting all the steps um so i'd say that's the biggest thing and and don't let anyone put a pressure on you that doesn't need to be there and don't don't feel obligated to reach anyone's standards but your own and um with that you know don't set your own standards too high be kind to yourself and remember that there's no shame in taking breaks and it's totally okay to rest and to not be perfect you know oh that's just so perfectly said um wise words by meg um and yeah honestly i would i would tell those people who are who are hesitant just go for it Mm -hmm. honestly just go for it just do it just like nike (laughs) (laughs) but yeah just just do it um and you know don't don't really like 
basically don't care about like what other people what other people think i mean i honestly still struggle with that like i care too much about what people will think but it's easier said than done but yeah definitely but um it's a work in progress always a work in progress um and yeah i mean just go for it life is too short um do what makes you happy really absolutely yeah Yeah. well thank you so much for having me of course thank you so much this is so amazing and what i actually want to do real quick is i want you to teach me a little oh yeah a quick little routine Mm -hmm. because i went to um, one of your open classes and i could not keep up i mean i just went to (laughs) samaj's class yesterday Mm -hmm. um and i couldn't keep up (laughs) so hopefully now i can keep up you know Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean let's just head over to um the dance studio right now and you guys will see us there right now now we're here in the dance studio and meg is gonna um, show me a couple moves uh so let's see how i do all right so um we're just gonna learn three beginner moves right now um the first one i'm going to teach you is a paddle or a paradiddle um so it's kind of called a couple different things but essentially it's a it's a dig spank toe heel that's what they say so um you can just watch you do a dig and that's just like putting your heel down yeah dig spank toe heel yeah you do dig spank Big spank. Toe heel. Toe heel. Yeah, and you're gonna um, make sure that you, when you do the dig, you're just kind of like putting your heel in front of you. Almost like you're about to step on it, but then you spank back and stuff. Okay, so like. Yeah. Mm hmm. Okay. And then toe heel. Toe heel. Yeah, so that whole move is a paradiddle. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. Do it again, do it again. Okay, that's yeah. Good. You want to try it on the other foot? Okay, yeah, yeah. Right. Dig, spank, toe, heel. Good. You want to try switching feet? Yeah. All okay, right. Okay. Oh, I'm nervous. Okay. Five, six, seven, eight. Oh, that was perfect. That's awesome. That's like perfect. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so next... should, should we do it fast? Right yeah, now? we can yeah. try it fast. You want to do one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Dig, spank, toe, heel. 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 Dig, spank, heel. Dig, spank, toe, heel. Dig, spank, Toe, toe, heel, heel. So, toe, toe, heel, heel. Yeah, but just okay. put your heel down instead of stepping on it again. So, oh. you're on your tippy toes, and then you're just gonna sink back down. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. A lot easier. Um, so, that's just toe, toe, heel, heel. Toe, toe, heel, heel. Yeah. Do you wanna try a paddle and a paddle and a toe, toe, heel, heel? Okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah, okay. So, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, okay, okay. Try it again. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm sorry. (laughs) Five, six, seven, eight. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I messed up. I messed up. You're good. No, it's the timing. It's a little messy. But, um, all right, one more time. Five, six, seven, eight. Dig, spank, toe, heel. Dig, spank, toe, heel. Toe, toe, 
two, perfect. Yay. That's awesome. I did it. I did okay. It. Last move we're gonna learn is called a maxi forward. Okay. Um, so essentially, when you break it down, it's just a hop and a shuffle and a hop and a knock. But really fast, it looks like. Ooh. So, again, to break it down, we're going to hop on our left foot. So, hop on our left foot? Yeah, and put all your weight on it. So. And then you're going to shuffle with shuff, your right. So, shuffle. Perfect. And then hop on the right. And hop on the right. Yep, and then just do a knock with your left foot. Yeah, perfect. Okay. So. Not bad. Yeah. We'll really slowly try it again. Okay. You wanna do just the move we just learned? Do, do you wanna do like all? We three? can do it all, yeah. yeah let's do it all. Let's all right. All. So I'll do it first and yeah. then we'll do it together. Okay. So all together, just me, it'll look like. Let's do that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Five, six, seven, eight. Dig, spank, toe, heel. Dig, spank, toe, heel. Toe, toe. Heel, heel, left, hop, shuffle, hop, step, hop, shuffle, hop, knock. Yeah. Okay. Try it again. Five, six, seven, eight. Dig, spank, toe, heel. Dig, spank, toe, heel. Toe, toe, heel, heel. Hop, shuffle, hop, knock. Hop, shuffle, hop, knock. Hop, shuffle, hop, knock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. One more time. One more time. One more time. All right. One last time, guys. One, One last time. time. Okay. Let's see if I can get this. <laughs> Five, six, seven, eight. Dig, spank, toe, heel. Dig, spank, toe, heel. Toe, toe, heel, heel. Hop, shuffle, hop, knock. Hop, shuffle, hop, knock. Perfect. You got it. Okay. Thank you, high fives. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, this is great. I love it. Your talent is so amazing, and I love it so much. Go listen to Meg's podcast, Meg on the Mic. More episodes coming very soon. Um, and yeah, thank you all so much for watching. Thank you. Thank you for having me.